So do we have any planners out here? Anybody out here like to plan things out? Anybody? Yeah? Um, I'm a planner. And I love to plan things out. Anybody in here, things don't turn out quite the way you plan. Does that ever happen? Uh, Okay, so so, uh, I I say this by way of announcement. Um, If you want to help us decorate the outside, and we'll do some more inside for Christmas, because we got like a whole extra day after today. Um, If you want to do that, then uh, I'll meet you here at 9 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, If you can do that, we want to get the the lights out outside. Uh, We we have been so uh, just busy doing things, getting the the renovation uh, ready, uh, that 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 just didn't happen. And and it just probably kind of looks bad that the only place that isn't decorated for Christmas is the church. You know, uh, so so let's do that. Uh, if you want to do that with me, that would be great. But really, I, I'm, I'm a planner. I love to plan things out. And, and here's my thought. If you don't plan it, then you have to wing it. I'm not a wing it kind of guy. That, that just doesn't work for me. If you plan it, you can make change to your plans. That's okay. But, but, but I, I like to plan the, the details and the timing. Anybody out there, are you, are you there with me? I, I like that. I like it to be choreographed just perfectly. You know, I, I want it to look, we, we got to see the Nutcracker yesterday. I want it to look like a ballet. You know, everybody's just kind of doing things. You don't have to leave, brother. I'm not going to preach on the ballet. Um, <laughs> sorry. No hiding around here, I'm just saying. But, but, but I, I just like it to be choreographed and everything. And, and, and then sometimes things just don't turn out the way you plan. Maybe, maybe the timing was off. Maybe... Maybe there's a kink in the plan. Maybe, maybe there's an unexpected turn. Or, or sometimes, if, if it happens with you like me, your plans just start falling apart. You know, this falls apart, then that falls apart, and then it just, just flops. Well, I have good news for you. It doesn't get better. No. <laughs> the good news is, that might happen with us, but that doesn't happen with God. Aren't you glad? You see, we, we serve a God who is so big that He never says, oops, uh-oh, or oh no. By the way, three things you never want your brain surgeon to say. Um, we're, in, we're in John chapter 1, and we've been in this series called God the Son. And, and we've really been kind of, John does a great job. I, I love looking at, at the book of John to get his perspective of, of what's happening as we celebrate the birth of Christ. And, and, and we, we've been unpacking this, and there's a whole lot here. You could probably spend a long time just in the first chapter of John. We, we started with John as, as he began this, this familiar refrain that would have been very familiar for the Jews. In the beginning. And, and even when we say that, we, we go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God is what we think. And he began in the beginning, but instead of going the way that they thought he was going to go, he took a little turn and said, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And the way John began was helping us understand that this one who is coming, he has always existed. There was no time before God the Son. You ever thought about that? 
If we're not careful, we think, you know, oh, you know, the baby in the manger. That's when Jesus came on the scene. Not so. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Jesus is preexistent. He's always been. And then then the next week we, we looked and in the next verse, we, we find out that not only has Jesus always existed as God, the son, but that Jesus has been active and involved in all things. In fact, something that we don't think about a whole lot in a very specific way is God, the son is creator. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and everything that was made was made through Him. And then those, for, those of us who are a little bit slow, John, I, I like the way he reiterates things, and nothing that was made was made without Him, just in case you didn't get it in the verse right before that. Jesus, God the Son, is Creator God, and He's created everything that is. We, we, we just kind of, we think about that in a, oh, yeah, 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 because He's God, and you know, and you know, and so somehow... No, no, the Bible's really specific that God the Son is the creative agent in the Trinity. And then Paul re- reiterates that for us in, in Colossians chapter 1, particularly verse 17. I'm sorry, verse 17. So God the Son has always existed. In fact, God the Son is creator God. And then last week we looked at that, that He is the light God the Son is the light, and the way that John says it is, in Him was the life, and the life was the light of men. And, and thinking through, you know, as, as Jesus, as Creator God, when it says in Genesis, and He formed man out of the dust of the earth, and then He breathed into Him the breath of life, this is God the Son, who is the life of man, who breathes in. And, and so not only is He Creator, but He's Sustainer of all things. In Him is life. Without him is no life. And then today, in John chapter 1, we're, we're looking at God the Son. And, and, and John does a really cool thing to help us understand that God the Son had a plan. And so today, that's what we're going to look at is the plan. What, what is this plan? I, I love the way that, that John unpacks this part for us. He says, he was in the world, this is verse 10, he was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You see, here's the thing. We make plans, and, and we have to have like a plan B. If you're like me, I have to have like a plan C, D, and F, you know, just in case. With God, it's not so. With God, He has the plan. God is never surprised. God never has to adjust. Have you ever thought about that? God, God never has to rethink anything. And, and, and that, blows, that blows my mind, really, because that never happens with me. Uh, you know, one of the things when you go on mission trips, they say, you know, be flexible. Um, I've been on mission trips where the word ought to have been, be fluid. You know, just, just, just always just keep working. Nothing, you know, don't, don't plan on anything. Just keep going. With God, it's not so. And, and so, so 
as we read this, really there, there are two groups that John fleshes out here. And this is something that, that, that really it, I, I don't fully understand. That's okay, there are a lot of things I don't fully understand. That's because my mind is finite. Yours is too. Some minds are more finite than others, though I don't, I don't know if you get that. And, and I'm comfortable in the not knowing, not comprehending, I guess, is a good way to, to say. But John talks about two groups in here that, that are involved in this plan that God has. The, the, the first group are those who did not receive. And, and I'll just be super, super honest with you. I don't understand that. I, I have family members, you may, who you share with them the gospel. And they're like, okay. All right. <laughs> I, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. We weren't anti-Christian. In fact, I've, I've said several times before, I think our theme song should have been, Jesus is just all right with me, you know. <laughs> We, we were okay with it. I mean, we, we knew that, that Christmas was the birth of Jesus. I, Easter kind of confused me a little bit, you know, as a, someone who didn't go to church. But, but we were okay with Jesus. If you were asking me, if, do you believe in God? I would have said, of course. Do you believe Jesus is the Son of God? Of course. I mean, like, who doesn't? So? And, and there are people who are like that, 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 that they don't receive and and the way that John talks about this here is really it could go either way, or maybe it's a little bit of both, that either they refused to or they failed to recognize who this was. Now, now get this. John is saying this is eternal God. This is God the Son who's always existed. This is Creator God who actually gives life to men, and He came to us. And there were some who didn't recognize him there were some who didn't receive they they missed it there are people in this world that are still in that boat i I think some people refuse to recognize have you ever talked with somebody have have you ever something that seems so obvious to you and 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 you, you try to get them to that that point of view and 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 they just there's no way you can convince them that that is so has that ever happened to you this drives you nuts, doesn't it? And, and if you're like me, I think, well, I just didn't argue hard enough. <laughs> no, no, you don't understand. So let, let, me, let me explain this to you again. I, I've done this with my kids before, and they're like, oh, you know, you know, Dad, you know. Um, eventually, they're like, you know, some of the things you say, Dad, like, they matter. <laughs> I hear that happens when you hit 50. No, I'm kidding. Some people, I think, just refuse. Because, and, and, and it helps me as, as I share the good news of Jesus with people to understand this. The, the reason is because if they accept who Jesus is and yield to his lordship, it changes a lot of what they do. It's going to change their whole worldview. I, I see this with the whole evolution kind of thing. You know, that the, the evidence is abundant, it's clear. You're not going to stumble on an iPhone. Do they have anything past the 10 yet? Is it the 10S? The iPhone 25, whatever's next. Uh, you, you don't stumble across that on a beach and say, wow, isn't that cool? You know, that just happened. <laughs> but there's some who just refuse to, to receive. 
There, there are some who just miss it. They just, they're just not looking for it. And John sets up this picture. The eternal creator of the universe comes to his own. The giver of life walked among them and they didn't get it. But there's another group. Those who did receive. And, and, and really, the, 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 the words here are, are kind of different. We get the same word in English. And in the Greek, there are two different words. They're related, but a little bit different. The first one was they didn't bring him close, is kind of the, the idea. They, 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 they didn't bring him close to them. And those are the ones who didn't receive. These are the ones who actually took him in. Who acted upon. And it says that, first of all, that they received. But then it says that they believed. Now, isn't that funny? Because we use a lot of different words in, in church talk, you know. And, and, and that you, you we, we think of that you believe and then you receive. And that's really what we see in John 3.16, that you trust in him. That's that word, pisteo, that faith, we get that word faith from. It's not annoying with your head, but it's a trusting with your heart. So, so they believed, he says, and then they received that, that they become children of God. I, I don't know about you, but there's something in me that, that this really resonates with, that, that God knew me before I was, and that he loved me. That blows me away. That not, not just as this little redhead, freckle-faced, Hunk, I was a stinker, and that's putting it lightly. Um, my sister ever comes, she could regale you with stories. Um, that God knew me before I was, and he, and he set his love upon me even then, before I was. Blows me away. That we get to become children of God. I've heard people say this, and I, I, I lovingly correct we're all God's children. You ever heard that? No, no. We're all Adam's children. But only those who believe are God's children. And then he says that we're born not of flesh, nor of the will of flesh, but they were born of God. Do you know that when we were created by God the Son, that we were created in the image of God, in His likeness, a, a reflection, as it were, of God? We have attributes that, that are reflections of God. This will keep you awake at night. Are you ready for this? At two in the morning, you're going to wake up thinking about this. God knows everything. That big word is omniscience. We know some things. God is all-powerful. We have some power. God is omnipresent. He's everywhere all the time. At the same time, we can be somewhere. <laughs> In fact, no matter where you go, there you are. That's deep, I know. Um, I didn't see anybody write that down. We are reflections of God. And yet, because of sin, that, that our reflection of God is marred, that that, that that isn't the way that God intended. And yet, what we see here, part of this plan is that Jesus came to restore us back into the image of God. That we're born not of flesh, we've already been there, not of the will of man, we've been there, but we're born of God. That is that we're born anew, we're born of spirit. And, and part of this, this grand plan that, 
that God has had from the beginning is that we are like Him. I know that blows us away, but let, let, me, let me tell you this. This is absolute truth. One day, you will be perfect. I know you're going, uh-uh. <laughs> well, it may not happen today. <laughs> one day, you, if you believe, if you trust in Christ, one day, you will be without sin. One day you will be exactly as God intended you to be in complete fellowship with Him with no thing to hinder that relationship. Now that blows me away. There's something that will blow you away a lot more. One day I will be perfect. I know. I told you there are some things we cannot comprehend. <laughs> and 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 if we're not careful, we, we kind of we, we we make God small. And 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 this was this this kind of took me a while to come around to this as a believer. I met the Lord at fifteen. It kind of took me a while to come around to this because here's what I kind of thought of at first. I thought you know God had this big experiment. I can't even say it right. God had this big experiment. He created Adam and Eve, and He put them in a Garden of Eden to see what was going to happen. Right. And, and, and he knew that for them to to love him by choice, that there had to be a choice not to to obey him. There had to be a choice not to. And so he let this serpent who is we know is Satan, uh, the serpent come in and tempt them. And God stood back and all of heaven stood w- with their hands together and they waited to see what would happen. And then. And the Bible's so much fun to read. So I just so picture here's Adam and Eve. We we don't know exactly what happened. The serpent, exactly how Eve got the message. Whether God told Adam and Adam told Eve, and or if Eve just kind of made some stuff up. But Satan says, you know, did God really say you can't have any of these? You can't fruit from any of these trees. You can't eat any of that. The idea is, wow, he doesn't love you very much. And Eve said, no, 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 that's not true. God said we could eat from any of these trees in the garden except for that one. And if we eat of it or we touch it, we don't know where the touch it came from. If we eat of it or touch it, um, that, that we'll, uh, we'll die. And the serpent said, God's a liar. That's not true. God just told you that. This is my paraphrase. Because he knows that when you eat of that tree, you're going to be like him. He doesn't want that. And the Bible says a really interesting thing here. So Eve, seeing that the tree was good for fruit, it was pleasing to the eyes, she took the apple and she ate and she gave it to her husband who was with her. (laughs) Adam was standing there the whole time. And at that moment... If we're not careful, this is what we think. At that moment, all of creation gasped. And God said, all right, we need a new plan. How are we going to fix this? You know that that is absolutely not true. You see, God doesn't have plans. He has a plan. And so really the... the 
And, and this blows me away. Jesus on the cross was always God's plan. That's not plan B. It's the plan. Jesus on the cross was always the plan. From the beginning, who is Creator? God. It's God the Son. From the beginning, that was always part of the plan. That's not probably how you or I would have chosen, thankfully. <laughs> but that has always been the plan. And really what we're talking about here, this big concept that we're talking about is God's sovereignty. And this is big, big, big if you want to try to get a hold of who God is, that God is sovereign. Here's what that means. We can't separate God's attributes. You know, we kind of try to. But there are two of God's attributes that, that for me really kind of encapsulates this idea. The first is his omniscience, that God knows everything all the time at the same time. We, we can't even fathom that. Um, we know some stuff, don't we? Some of you know a whole lot. I know I get to talk with you, and some of you are like super smart. Um, there, there's one person in here that if you like did three notes of a song, I bet you he could tell you, Mike Shinneberry, um, that the song, who wrote it, when it first came out, what the remix was. I mean, he's like a walking encyclopedia. He knows a whole lot, but he has to think about those things that he knows. Some of you could explain to me how, well, you could explain it, I wouldn't comprehend it, how electricity works. But we have to think about the things we know. When you're taking a test, you have to go through those things that you know. Oh, okay, yeah, that's right. I remember Hebrew was not my thing um, in, in seminary, just not, I love Greek. Hebrew, not my thing. And so, so I'm stressing over a vocabulary test one time, and, and man, I'm just, I'm just dying in, in this, and, and it's not coming to me. It's not clicking, and I'm going, it's Ema New L, and it's like something, it's, it's like us God, something us God, something us God, and then finally I read it together. It's Emmanuel, God with us. <laughs> God doesn't have that problem. God doesn't have to think about what he knows. He just knows everything all the time at the same time. That is God's omniscience. He just knows. I, we can't, even when I say that, I can't fathom that. He just, all the time, he doesn't have to think about what he knows. His omniscience, the next thing is his omnipotence, that God is all-powerful. The fact that God is all-knowing and the fact that God is all-powerful, that to me encapsulates this idea of sovereignty. That's why God doesn't have to have another plan. He has the plan. And what John is really helping us understand here is the plan. The plan is, always has been, that God the Son would come to His own to save them. And in this thing that I'll never understand, some believe and some don't. You can take two people from the same household, brought up the same way, knowing the same things, with mostly the same experiences, and you can share the good news, the gospel that Jesus came to save sinners to them, and one will believe and one won't. 
I don't know why. I don't know. Got me. <laughs> and, and some of you have had that experience because some of your siblings don't believe. Here's something that, it's another thing that it's a little bit hard for me to wrap my mind around, but I know it's true. A buddy, I'll back up a little bit. A buddy and I, my best friend in high school, um, we loved having deep conversations. Now they're deeper than my best friend in middle school. My best friend in middle school, our deep conversation was how high is high and how long is forever. Those are actually big concepts, you know, pretty big for middle schoolers, you know. And, 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 and how high is high, it went like this. You we're looking at the stars and we're like, man, space. It can't go on forever. It can't be infinite. But if it didn't, what's on the other side, right? And time, time can't go on forever. I mean, it can't just go on and on and on. But if it stopped, what happens after that? We didn't realize it because we weren't believers, but the answer to both. Right? When you get to the end of space, what's after that, God? When you get to the end of time, what's after that, God? But we were talking about this idea of God's sovereignty that God has a plan and, and he brings that plan about. And my friend said, well, then I don't have any choice. I don't have any choices. If God already knows what I'm going to do, I don't have any choices. And I'm like, no, no, no. God knowing isn't God determining for you. And so here's the way that, that I put this that helps me get a little bit around it, not all the way. Is that God's sovereignty encompasses man's free will. God's sovereignty encompasses man's free will. And you're saying, well, why are you telling me this? Well, because we need to understand that God is sovereign and God has the plan. And it will happen. And, and, and when I say that, you're like, well, then, you know, you're kind of fatalistic, deterministic. Well, I just, I just do it then. If God, and God already knew I was going to do, he's going to fix it. No, no. You see, in there, God gives us free will. As a believer, you can obey or you can disobey God. Did you know that? You're saying, how do you know that, Pastor Larry? Because we're commanded to obey. If, if, if we didn't have any choice, it'd just be, wouldn't it? We're commanded to obey. You can obey or you can disobey. But get this. You are not big enough to thwart God's plan. I don't know about you, but that gives me a lot of comfort. As John unpacks the birth of Christ, Tomorrow night, we'll get to it. <laughs> so stay tuned. Six o'clock tomorrow night. As John began, as he continues to, to unpack as, as the birth of Christ unfolds in John's gospel, we need to understand that God has the plan. And it will happen. You think anything could have thwarted the birth of Christ? You think anything could have prevented Christ on the cross for us? No. Do you think people had choices in there? Absolutely. In fact, Jesus said, it's going to happen that somebody betrays the Son of Man, but woe to the person through whom it comes. I think Judas had a choice. 
but it's comforting for me because how many of you mess up? Anybody? Me and me and eight people. We 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 soft coat we, we sugarcoat things. The Bible calls messing up sin. Even that, you can't mess up God's plan for you. Getting ready to start a new series next Sunday. We'll start the new series called Reset. Any of you ever want to start over? Anybody? If you play video games, you get to do that a whole lot. Um, we can kind of do that in a way. But I just want, I want to comfort you with this as we, as we prepare to celebrate the birth of Christ. See, here's the plan. The plan has always been that our Creator is also our Redeemer. And once you have been redeemed, there's nothing that can change that. Nothing. I, boy, that, that makes me, uh, it gives me confidence. It comforts me. God's plan, very simply, has always been that Christ would take the punishment for our sin on the cross. Blows me away. In fact, I like the way that Paul says it in Corinthians. The one who knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in him. He took our sin. He took the wrath of God for our sin. And that was not plan B. That was the plan all along. So as we prepare to celebrate the birth of Christ, remember All along the way, the creator of everything that is, before he created the very first subatomic dark matter, if you're a Star Trek fan, red matter (laughs) particle, his plan was to die on the cross for you because that's how much he loves you. It's always been the plan. When we celebrate the birth of this one, Just remember, that's why he came. Let's pray. Father, I pray that, Lord, today, you just remind us of your love for us. I I can't imagine that God the Son, before he even created the very first thing, knew what that creation would cost him, and yet he was willing He was always willing that before he created the first thing he knew that he would take the sin and the punishment for that sin for his creation. God, I just thank you that you loved us enough you did it anyway. And so as we prepare to celebrate the birth of your son, Lord, I, I pray that what we would be mindful of is that God, it was all part of your plan. And it always was. That your love for us knows no limits. Your love for us knows no bounds. There's nothing we can do. There's nowhere we can go. There's no place we can hide from your love. And God, if there's anybody here today who just needs to experience your love for them, that Lord, you just break through and you just, just, just shower them with your love. That the one who created us is the one who died for us. The one who took our sin and the punishment for our sin. And that was always the plan.
Father, today I pray that if there's anyone who's never trusted, if there's anyone who's never uh, believed and received Christ as their Savior, their Redeemer, that today would be the day. Lord, you draw them to you, open their eyes. Lord, that they would trust, that they would believe, and, and Lord, receive this life that you offer so freely that cost your Son everything. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.